Hello operatives, welcome to season 2 episode 14 of Once Upon a Kill Team, the podcast about narrative play in Warhammer 40k Kill Team. I'm Sean. And I'm Jason, and we want to talk to you about building stories around the gameplay in this grim, dark, terrible universe. In this episode, we review Kill Team Salvation and the beta decimal terrain from the narrative viewpoint. How kill teamy are the scouts and aspect warriors? How fun are the campaign missions? Are there any campaign missions? And how thematic is the new terrain? Uh, we'll find out soon enough. First up, as ever, in the new year, we have Hobby Corner, and it's been nearly a month since we last recorded. Jason, have you done a ton of hobbying? Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid I've got, I've had to, I've got the, the, you know, this podcast whole hobby corner on my shoulders, uh, I think. So, first of all, I'm really pleased with this, uh, inspired not not any small part by yourself i have jazzed up my barricades i have added Ooh. some arbites shields to them so this is the standard kill team barricades but, but my ones now have um a funky arbites shield on um, i'm afraid it doesn't make it you know like double cover sadly um <laughs> as i would hope uh but you know for like you know whatever it was less than an hour's work you know, and obviously I've painted them in the same scheme as my yeah. my space cops. Yeah, no, it's very pleased. Very pleased with that. I love that. I've made a start on some homemade beta decima terrain, so I can show you in the best traditions of this podcast, which no one can see. I'll show you my coffee mate tin with a a, a spice top that's now a vent nice nice and very i've got a couple of bits of sprue on it now it still says coffee mate so i have because i haven't painted it yet but when i put a top on that that is that'll be the ferritonic furnace which is oh, quite sweet. good i bet the i bet the texture from the spice pots where once that's all painted up that's going to look very venti yes although i yes uh and actually i don't think i think once it's painted it won't look anything you know you won't Few will know it was a top of a, <laughs> a, a you know, small spice jar. And then for the platforms, uh, again, this is a great visual reference. I've got some yep. foam board, but I had some old non-slip rubber mat. So I feel okay. it goes under, goes under um, rugs. And yep. I don't know if you can see, uh, I'll, I'll be putting pictures up of this, I'm sure. But it kind of creates, like it looks a bit like a, you know, a gantry floor. With that, once it's again, once it's painted, that'll look with the addition that your operatives won't be slipping off. <laughs> well, you know, uh, on a one they might. We'll we'll come to that later, and then and then I've got some hey. some these are hydration tablet things that will then be the legs. So you know, I'm doing household junk into look homemade terrain. Anyway, so that was all good. And then the other big news, I guess, from my point of view, is uh, Sapling Squad Blackthorn has been built and painted. So the scout team uh, in the, of course, in the, in the colours of the Hearts of Oak uh, homebrew chapter, uh, more of which in a bit. Mostly just straight build, but um, one of the equipment options for the scouts is an extra blade. So one of the guys has got two blades. I kit bashed a blade on. So two he's knives. now two, two 
two two knives, Dave or something. I love the sound of Squad Blackthorn, by the way. Yeah, well, you know, keeping with the sort of tree theme, so that's good. But yeah, no, not not a bad set. The um the guy the hunter who has a sort of grapnel launcher, his pose, he's got like a knife and a grapnel launcher, and yeah, like him. But yeah, no, all good, painted. Uh, in the time it took me to paint one squad of ten models, friend of the show Nick has started another team <laughs> and built some terrain. I uh, I jest. And then the other thrilling thing, very thrilling from my point of view, but but uh, which is the custom decals for the Hearts of Oak chapter. So a nice oak leaf have come through, and I've you know added them to my uh, Justian squad. And the Impulsor tank vehicle thing. Uh, very pleased with them. Very pleased. They're, they're one couple of millimetres slightly bigger than I perhaps had wanted. But otherwise, they, I think, are looking cool now. So I've got, yeah, it's all I ever dreamed of with the whole homebrew chapter. My own logo and uh, custom scheme. And we'll talk about the law in a minute. I think those custom decals came out really nicely. Hold on. Did you say decal? I did, but I meant decal. I flip between. I never know what's right. (laughs) (laughs) Who's right, Uh, listeners? Is it me or Sean? Or is nobody right? And it's uh, (laughs) decal. Yeah, anyway, have you you done any, any hobby? I know you've been unboxing and doing fun stuff like DIY. Well, as you can see behind me, I'm I'm very DIY heavy at the moment. I have been managing to squeeze a little bit in. Uh, Lee from Gildersford Radio has printed off some very handsome dirt bikes for me so that the cult of condensation can cruise their way across the ash wastes. Very good. So so I've been making these these oval bases on which the 32s can sit in the middle. And then they've got like a bike in like its propped up position at one end of the base. So... Models that aren't on bikes already count as being on a bike when they're on the oval base, and I can use them either which way. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very minded of the old Marlon Brando film, The Wild Ones, where he's asked by the um, you know the old fella, "What are you rebelling against?" and he replies, "What have you got?" <laughs> Which kind of fits with the cult of condensation, I feel. So you know, there you go. So I've been working on those, and then I've also been working up uh, my Feral Jacaro. Um, old are they the, 40k are they the, fans. Are they the orangutangy fellas? They're the they're the techno orangutangs that if you have them, they like upgrade your equipment on the fly. Nice. Um, so I've been making this feral one that's joined the cult of condensation, and he's there pimping out all their equipment and everything, and he's like a. I'm calling him the pale ape. He's going to be this albino, this albino Jacaro, uh, who's got like, it's like, um, iron spider. He's got all these mechanical limbs coming out his back and he's like a spider monkey just hanging off the tree. Nice. I mean, yeah. Terrifying, but nice <laughs> in a terrifying way. That sounds great. So, so I'm doing a lot of my vehicles for the ash waste as demon engines. So he's the one that's like fashioning up all of these, Definitely not chaotic in any which way, vehicles. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> sure. 
All right then. What about what about games? Have you had any? Oh. Well, it's none from me, so that's super swift. However, what have we got from you? Uh, not ton, not ton from me. I played a bit in uh, the bit between Christmas and New Year, but we covered that in the last show. Um, I had a game this week with friend of the show Nick, who brought over his Beta Decima Terrain, and I had my first go on that. I played the uh, lovely Scouts, which I I was still painting, and I pretty much finished painting with you know, as he was knocking on the door. Um, yeah, uh, pretty fun game. Uh, he brought Warp Coven, which uh, I think he'd forgotten is a tricky team to pilot, <laughs> but still managed to win. Uh, I played the, um, you know, the baby-faced assassins, and I think I had about five or six jump tests past them all. Past them hey, all. Hey, well done. I don't know what people are going on about. It's actually very easy as long as you never roll a one on that. It's a skill. Uh, and then at the same time, I think I won every single uh, initiative roll. So, so what you like That'll about scouts, it. they are they have the balance of a mountain goat and the <laughs> initiative of an initiative-y thing. Uh, all I wanted to do in the game, though, all I wanted to do was parkour the hunter into combat so he gets his lethal three up. So this is where you can add the uh, the office's parkour clip into the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> parkour! <laughs> um, that's all I wanted to do, and I was thwarted by Bloody Nick charging oh. me and just killing him with his power sword. So that was uh, less than that was, that was less fun than I was hoping. Um I mean, which kind of, you know, it does make me think, is there one move by a team that you just want to pull off at least once a game? Perhaps that's that's another survey there. That's pretty much what I live for when I play, to be honest. I'm like, it'd be really cool if I could pull this off. Yeah, or a combo or something, you know, a combo of people. Uh, anyway, for this team, I think getting that hunter to ping pong off a bit of terrain and dive into combat and, you know basically get a five for every three plus you rolls. Uh, that'd be cool. Anyway, for fun game, I might talk a bit more of that when we talk uh, about the Scouts more specifically later. Oh, I can't wait. We have news, and here's the news. You, we've we've te- teased you a little bit. We're big fans of pets in Kill Team. Everyone loves the dog, the, the bird. Uh, what else is there? There's just dogs and birds, isn't there? Dogs and um, birds. Dogs and birds. Well... On that theme, one of us has used a requisition point and has got an extra operative, an actual dog. <laughs> what What's the name of this? This uh, what name are you giving this operative, Sean? Uh, she's called Trudy, and she's the reason reason that I'm majorly distracted this evening because she's trying to chew through my socks. Sean is a bloody nightmare, right? But. But this this operative has some stats. What, what yes. stats do we have? I think uh... everyone's dying to know. So we've got <laughs> a move of two inches. Only APL one. She's chewing the plastic floor. Get off. GA two, so she cannot activate with anyone else you want. She's got a two up save because who would want to hurt her? Who would want to? She's got a special ability called Too Cute, which is all attacks that target this operative have their number of dice reduced to zero. 
And this operative is also immune to mortal wounds. So do your bloody best to hurt her. Offensive uh, capability. <laughs> Offensive capability. She's got one attack that she's literally doing right now called teething. We've got four attacks, hitting on twos, zero one damage, and stun. <laughs> because you're too busy petting her to carry on. Too distracted. Well, I can vouch for all of that. This is happening live on my view screen, <laughs> listeners. So uh, forgive us for this interlude. Um, this could be, you know, for your games, if you bring the dog, but make sure the, the opposition gets distracted by it, that could be your special, you know, weapon for games in real life. Completely. I could weaponize a chess clock with this little puppy. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, have and the, then they'll have, have to bring the... in a tournament rule of no dogs <laughs> or something. <laughs> but we've had other news. There's been other news. We're a bit. This was a couple of weeks ago, but there was the Las Vegas Open news. So we now have it officially declared that the next box of Kill Team. We don't have a date for it yet uh, that I'm aware of, but we have Nightmare Kill Team Nightmare. It is your don't sleep. Maybe um, we've got. Night Lords, so you know, uh, very much I'm Batman, uh, yes, versus so. the Mandrakes, the who I still I've even read about them and I still don't know what's going on. They seem to appear out of nothing and slash your throat. They've got clothes made out of skin, but then and the rest of them's made so, out of shadow. So, do the Night Lord, the Night Lords essentially everyone is clothed in some kind of skin. You'd hope the special edition comes leather bound. Oh, I should do. Should do. Uh, so it does seem, on the face of it, this is a box that tries to answer the question: Who is the most evil? <laughs> uh, and then you can oh, play that a few games. <laughs> now, is it me? I mean, the, the Night Lord models do look pretty dope, although yeah. I don't know about winged helmets so much. But and the rules. Uh, are they the chaos equivalent of the Phobos team, but more close quarters? As in, are they stinky so. more than killy? That's my question. So, possible possible attractant to me because I'm kind of, I'm not really into Night Lords, but we'll see. Uh, Mandrakes, though, apart from one model, all the others looked, as far as I could tell, kind of the same. I wonder if they're going to do a similar thing to spoilers, the Blades of Cain, where they've got a an array of special abilities that they can tap into. Because it's all shadow-based trickery, and shadow and, and green fire is like their whole shtick. Um, and yeah, I know the model you mean, because it, it looks like it's got like the shadow cloak that they've used for the yeah. underworld Daughters of Cain. So it's all very mm. dark elf magic... You know, there's like a an aesthetic that's across all the ranges that they're they're going for, which is really cool. And is there any likelihood that um you know, there'll be a bit like the Blades of Cane again, that where there this is ten models that come in the box, but are there gonna be other models you can bring in, do you think? I it'd be really cool if you could bring in the um the racks with them as well. Because that was a kit that didn't come out too long ago. And it'd be really cool to maybe go for five of each. Okay. Well, kids, uh, it all sounds pretty evil to me. Um, 
but uh, well, when we have more news on that, we'll report back. But it's nice to know what's coming. Um, and not strictly kill team news, but I don't know, Sean, if you saw the uh, Crute 40k army. You can have an army of 40k. How now. could I miss them? They were so handsome. They are amazing. And well, they're generally all pretty cool. And I'm generally a big fan of the Crute generally. But stand out for me, and I'm. I don't know if it even gets sold as a single model, but the Crutox model. The, is that the one with the gun on the back? It's one of the, yeah, the Crut with the gun standing on his back. But the model he does come on his own. Balls. He does come on his own. Yeah, yeah, I really love his um his gold bangles that he's got all the way up the Crutox's arms, like really blinged out. Because uh, we we have certainly had uh, homebrewed it in our narrative group that you can swap in the Crutox with the rules from the compendium for like two other Crute models, probably not the dogs. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, as a model, I just love that Crutox. And also it's just really, I don't know, it's a, way, a similar way I like the Ogryn. It's sort of focus for your team. It just looks pretty, pretty dope. Um, yeah. So, you know, very half tempted to get that and it might get me back into the crew who i kind of you know i mean the crew are just such good models to begin with and i'm glad the the carnivores base are going to get new new sculpts because they deserve it they've been they've been the the same ones for so long yeah and somehow they're managing to get by in the, the 41st century with bows and arrows um well it just shows you know if it ain't broke don't fix it no, and then and then the other standout models for me were, do you like steampunk? Do you like Imperial Guard? Then we bring you the Horus Heresy Solar Auxilia models, which I think look pretty cool, and I think you could kit bash them into Vet Guard, Breaches, Blooded, possibly even Casakin. Uh, so I don't know if you saw those, Sean, but I think they look quite. They're very steampunky. Yeah, they look great. Right. I was already I was always a fan of the the original Forge World models. Um but these these ones just they've got that same retro sci-fi flair to them that I that a lot of the Mechanicum's got. That's really cool. Um like a 60s sci-fi movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um or old Doctor Who episodes. That's what I love. Uh they look like diving suits for going out into space in. Yeah, so maybe they're almost one-to-one for breaches but anyway i i I really like them um if i was into (laughs) getting any of those other teams that'd be something to look at (laughs) i mean you've already Uh, got most of them haven't you well i don't think i'd want to do vet guard again because i'm a very pleased with my my kit bashed vet guard team um and i've already got a bloody team which again i'm also pretty happy with so if i did any of them it would be breaches maybe but anyway we'll see We'll see about that. Um, yeah, exciting stuff. A lot of news all at once. We'll see what comes next. I guess we're after a date for the nightmare box, really. Yeah, and that'll be we'll keep our ears to the ground on that one. But no, kill team news is exciting. Full stop. We had a bit of a drought beforehand, so if they've got updates coming, we're more than happy. I'm going to reach my hand into the mailbag now. <laughs> Metaphorically, <laughs> reach my hand into the, the mailbag. Um, 
So, big, big news is we have settled on many things with the Hearts of Oak custom homebrew chapter. Uh, thanks to everybody who has um, contributed to this. Um, some things that we've learned since the last time. So, we have a named chapter master now. He is Alba Quercus, which is the Latin or the uh, the taxonomic uh, for the white oak. Oh, fantastic. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, we have a chapter motto, which I'm a sort of in, imagining this is a greeting. You say the one, you know, I come up to what, you and thump, say... Thump your chest twice and say it. Hearts of oak. Roots of steel. There we go. Oh, sorry, I should have gone deeper, we got shouldn't a, I? We've got to thump <laughs> our chest when we say it. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> so that's slightly slightly corny. I thought it was good, though. Hearts of oak, roots of steel. That's um, really cool. We have a naming uh, naming theme for everybody gets some kind of scientific tree name. Uh, the scout sergeant is called Malus, which is uh, the, I think it might even be Latin, or it's certainly the taxonomic version for an apple. It's an apple. Sergeant Apple. How about that? Um, <laughs> company names. Uh, this was a suggestion for the sort of Romano-Celtic idea. So um, company names are British Celtic tribe names. So Captain Rubrum Acer from Strike Team Justian leads Brigantes Company. And we've got others. So um, we'll see if any other companies come up. Uh, this is all good. And why don't you tell us about Buds and saplings. Of course. The buds and saplings are aspirants within the Hearts of Oak chapter. They're affectionately known. Already messed it up. Aspirants within the Hearts of Oak chapter are affectionately known as buds. This term symbolizes their potential and the nurturing process they undergo as they begin their journey towards becoming fully-fledged space marines. Scouts within the chapter are referred to as saplings. This designation refers to both their status as young warriors and their role in the early stages of their development, akin to the early growth stages of a tree. These saplings are carefully cultivated to adapt to the unique combat style and values of the Hearts of Oak chapter. When they pass their final tests as saplings, alongside the installation of the Black Carapace, they have one final addition. The druids install an acorn from the sacred white oaks between the two hearts. All brothers know that inside them resides a literal heart of oak. On death, the druid will try and retrieve these acorns to be planted in the sacred grove. Uh, and that's from Tommy G. That's really cool. What a ledge. What a ledge. Uh, we've got great listeners. Um, and uh, in addition to all this, I've been running a poll over the last couple of days because we had a few suggestions as to who these are successors to uh, yeah. and the options were dark angels salamanders and the raven guard and uh raven guard kind of weren't really in it um a lot uh, from the places i put this however and i'm not even making this up dark angels and salamanders were only one point of difference and this is over Ooh. i think they got more than 20 something votes each i'm just looking over um yeah, and by one vote, one vote, drum roll, <laughs> these are successors to the Dark Angels. 
Oh, sweet. But it was close because I had this idea for the salamanders that they were actually going to be the salamanders really pissed off with them because they weren't very nice. Yeah, <laughs> they were going to be sort of um, estranged from their from their uh, successor chapter. Anyway, a dark bit grimmer angels. and a bit darker. They're weirdos, right? Dark angels. So you know, I think the hearts of Oak have got a couple of weirdo uh, rituals. Well, we still that makes me cu- happy because that's what I wanted last episode as well. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we have a couple of outstanding questions still. We still don't know which founding they are from. Okay, so what founding okay. are they from? Is there a good one? And who do they have a grudge against? I still want Ooh. a good grudge. So if you have an idea on either of those two questions... Uh, contact the show once upon a kill team at gmail.com message us on instagram or threads and if i can just say the one of the lovely things about being a relatively niche topic uh podcast is if you write to us you'll definitely get a reply (laughs) and there's almost a definite chance you'll be on the show not no, to put ourselves down, show. we're not drowning in 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 contacts, but uh, but we always appreciate them. Uh, I went under for a bit, but uh, I got pulled out. <laughs> it's all it's all very good. Uh, yeah, th- thanks for thanks for that. Uh, we'll have some more. If you want to write to us about anything, just get in touch. Uh, we love talking narrative. If you've got a background for your team, that's really good. If you're doing a narrative event you want us to publicise, if you're doing a cool campaign, let us know. We love to read out these things. Here we are with the main topic of the show, uh, the official review of Kill Team, Salvation and Beta Decima from a narrative perspective. Uh, You may already have heard other luminaries of the Kill Team world give you their thoughts, but frankly... They don't matter because they don't talk about narrative. So um, season two, in season two, we were all running around the Galadark, uh, solving mysteries like a pack of Scooby-Doo's, uh, um, solving mysteries, finding monsters. Uh, season three brings us the Galadark coming to Beta Decima and crashing into the surface or bits of it falling off and crashing into the surface and yeah this is what it will continue to do i assume through all uh four boxes of the season of the season as more of as more of the space hulk rains down on the planet that's really cool yeah yeah so fragments of the hulk rain down on the planet like warp infused fiery poison uh i'm i'm essentially summarizing what you can read in the fluffy bit at the beginning of the book mm-hmm. um so uh once upon a time before the galadoc turned up this was a prosperous forge world uh with uh tech magi running the show getting things done uh in their own sinister way i'm sure um but that has all now basically been wrecked the seas are poisoned if they weren't already a bit poisoned by the industry, they're now definitely poisoned by warpy bits of the Galadark. Um, it is all gone to dreck. This is sort of standard 40k. Um, <laughs> I mean, it probably wasn't a holiday planet, but now it is definitely uh, a hell planet. 
that's that sets your scene um but don't worry there are still a number of industrial platforms on the surface of this polluted sea that we can fight over it's good to have something to fight over so what's in the salvation box we've got the not the book of salvation but the salvation book uh and it is full to the brim of great fluff. We've got stories on the planet and the Mechanicum who controlled it. Uh, past tense, spoilers. We've got, we've got names for your teams and ideas on how to customize the lore. Um, we're going to follow Scout Team Torvek of the Raven Guard. And the Onyx Claw Shrine of Striping Scorpions looks like dangerous fellows as well. We've got rules on the narrative terrain. We've got the building instructions booklet, um, and each team. We don't just have we don't just have rules for the narrative terrain. We have bits of narrative terrain. Oh, we got the bits. Forgive me. Uh, and he's there. He's got it there on camera. Each team gets two identical sprues. Uh, however, you've got enough legs and bodies to build ten models from each team. You've got. You've got decals, you've got data cards. I hear that they're of the big kind. Are they tarot card sized or bigger? No, they're even bigger. So the ones that came with Justian, I thought were pretty good size. Yeah. But these are kind of massive. So if you've got, I've forgotten how many cards there are for each team, but there's six or seven cards, maybe seven or eight cards. Uh, and if you've got to put them out, it's... That's going to fill your bit, tabletop. It's a bit big. So I initially thought this is amazing, but... When it actually comes to playing a game and get them out, less amazing. Well, it anyway. sounds like you need one of those Yu-Gi-Oh wrist, uh, wrist-mounted deck controller units. That may be, <laughs> yeah, maybe a deep cut for some of the listeners. <laughs> um, what we do have on the theme of decks is a deck for equipment, special powers, faction tech ops, and more. Uh, I think we've also got custom team tokens. Is that right? That's right. They're very cool. Uh, so when uh, for the scout team you want to do your, you know, um, triple arms, booby traps, that kind of thing, they're yeah. they're represented as tokens. Your equipment is re represented as tokens. So you've got a little blade for an extra blade. You've got various types of grenades. This is for the scout team, and and similarly uh, ones for the uh, scorpions. So. Yeah, so the, I mean, you know, I've had so the the team that came to mind, um, blooded who have need to have blooded tokens. You don't get yes. blooded tokens. You've got to come up of with something not. yourself. Um, now I, you know, I I went and got some third party things for that. But if this is how it's going to be in the future, I'm liking it. I like the fact that the things you'll need for your team come in the box and. Um, I still probably find it a bit more convenient to put all the information onto like a, a two-sided one sheet of paper. So all the stats for the guns, all the special powers of the people and all the a toys cheat sheet, and everything. If you will. I can just generally a cheat sheet, if you will. I, but that, that that's something I have to produce. But to be honest, I really wish that's what GW produced rather than seven or eight cards, which is... A bit much. Anyway, uh, for other people who can't be bothered to do the 
making a cheat sheet like I've done. Uh, I, it's a it's a big improvement over having to look stuff up in the book. That's for sure. Yeah, of course. And they're all they all look they're very nice looking, by the way. Are they? Well, you I haven't gotten mine yet. I'm picking them up off of you next week. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of operatives, you you're you're in the midst of painting. Do you want to give us a little rundown of the scout team? Okay, so here we go. So I'd, a couple of episodes ago, I think we might be back when we initially heard about them. I was thinking blandest team ever, and here I am, bought the set, painted the models, and played a game. Um, so what do I think of the baby-faced assassins, the teenage terrors, the scout troop from the wrong end of the tracks, wrong side of the tracks? Um, <laughs> well, what do you get? So so you get nine, or you can play nine operatives. You get ten, so if you build all ten, you can, you've got one extra model to swap out. Probably dedicated uh, match play people might want to get more of a box to vary what they get. Um, I was strictly building um, Rule of Cool, so I got an extra... So what what you get is um, two gunners, a heavy bolter, missile launcher, sergeant, uh, a guy with the Norse specs, the sort of tracker guy. He can sort of make people not obscured and stuff. Um, Hunter, so he's got a grapnel launcher. He gets a free free bit of climbing equipment, and his special power is if he parkours into combat, he gets a three plus lethal on his blade. And then you sort of get three uh quote-unquote warriors ordinary people um i built two of them as shotgun guys and another one as a blade guy because shotguns are cool whenever i get offered a shotgun i pick a shotgun um and and from playing a game shotguns and two plus four four you don't miss (laughs) you just don't and you've even got power and you've got quite a few ways of re-rolling so if you do happen to get a one, you can just re-roll it. So if you go up against these guys, the shot the shotgun fellas, they're going to get four hits on you, uh, almost always. So that's that's pretty cool. Now uh, thematically, the main ability I think is pretty great. So this is this is called forward scouting, and so in the after you've set up your operatives, but before you do scouting, right. scouting step. Um, the scout team gets to do what's called forward scouting and they've got an array of cool things they can do. They can do five things and it can be a mix of, of, of stuff. So they can move operatives around. That's quite good where you make people think you're going for one objective. And then after everyone's set up, you can swap your guys around. That's pretty cool. Um, you can put a booby trap down, which goes off half the time. Um, that is a nice area denial weapon. Um, what I quite like, because it's just so sneaky, are trip alarms. So if a concealed person comes near a trip alarm, it flips them to conceal, or they're treated as conceal. So you can pop, you can put that on a on an objective. So if someone thinks they can go on an objective, but say stay out of you Do know you mean trouble, engage. I meant engage. Yes, uh, I was you testing meant engage there. the whole time. You, I was testing you there, and you passed, uh, Sean. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, and there's and there's there's a number of others. You can take a, an APL away from one operative on the other team. That's quite nice. Uh, yeah, cool stuff. Cool stuff. And you can you can change these between uh, missions, of course. So, for a sneaky team that's supposed to be, you know, infiltrating and scouting. I mean, if we were still doing kill teamiest lists, this would be a very kill teamy list. I would say. Oh. Um, back in the That's old, so old days, kill teamiest. Um, yeah, I think this is super thematic, and if you played it thematically, you know, I think it's still cool and uh, operative. I think, um, uh, and it fits me. I, you know, I, I'm on the sneaky as opposed to killy um, side of side of uh, kill team, and these are definitely sneaky. And I think part of the skill of using this team is using the correct forward um scouting options at the right time against the right team and i think that will take a bit of practice so um but if you just want to do cool stuff i think that's excellent um ploys uh mostly pretty bland ploys but they're all quite good this is sort of these, because these are kind of junior space marines, you get quite space marinery. So a lot of their stuff just goes towards being reliable. Yeah. And, you know, so there's quite a few. So there's something very similar to the Wormblade Cult Ambush um, uh, that means either shooting or fighting. There's different different ploys for each. This is strategic ploys. It, me it means you can re-roll if you've changed from a conceal to an engage on a turn and that I, I used that a few times in my game with nick that was quite nice um but yeah not so I'll, much for making big plays it's more let's do this well, well i've played one game and i'm not even that great so i'm sure other people out there <laughs> will tell you about the great plays i tell you one that feel again felt very super thematic was there's a tack ploy that essentially makes you super conceal so you know you can remain concealed even from people on vantage and things like that you know that's pretty nice that's a tack ploy only works on one person but is is pretty nice um so ploys i think they are useful in the game term and they are fairly thematic but being space marine ones they're you know they're not um exotic there's nothing exotic here really um battle honors um uh so this is sort of a spec copy thing so battle honors again quite space marine -y, but i thought pretty pretty thematic the one I, I particularly like um is called astartes training which means you can do a fight twice or a, a shoot twice for zero cp on that operative if he gets that nice. battle honor um so this is the faction faction battle honors they're pretty cool equipment and even rare equipment i mean they're all quite good but they're all pretty, again, they're pretty space marinery and ordinary. <laughs> don't, We've seen don't all come... the words in different combinations and we're kind of over. Yeah, scope for this, uh, you know, or spexy thing for this, um, yeah. camo cloak. Um, so bipod, you know, some of them are pretty useful. But uh, so, but the, the thematic one I liked was the extra blade, which means you get a... Um, it's a You'll, you then get balanced, so you get an extra, you get a reroll. So uh, and it got me, it gave me the excuse to put two blades on one guy. So that was quite nice. He's um, 
yeah, and even the rare equipment was nothing, nothing compared to something like Harlequins, or I'm sure you're going to tell me about Blade, Blades of Cain. Yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. Now, uh, here's where we get some good thematic stuff. This is this is spec up rules. So how about so there's a there's an RP uh, for your sergeant to uh, this is the name of the, the the RP impart knowledge. So the sergeant can distribute his own XP two scouts in the team how about that he's assuming your sergeant gets a lot of xp (laughs) (laughs) he can then redistribute it by telling them what they did wrong in the last mission but this is the really good one or at least thematically this is a really good one called worthy of the chapter so this is a requisition you can promote one of your scouts to a full brother which means he leaves your scouts team and he joins your intercession, Phobos, or Strike Team Justian team, and he takes across the XP that he had. Oh, no way! Yeah, about that! That's I mean, this cool. does sort of mean, assume you're running two teams. But the way you could definitely do this, this would be very fun to do if you ran the scout team as your first, you know, spec op of the yeah. year, like I might. And then the people who get promoted pop up in, you know, I'd love to run the Phobos again, for instance. Then they pop up in the Phobos team. <laughs> but with XP, they've already acquired from from the scouts. Anyway, I thought that was dead cool. Uh, and on the on the, the spec ops themselves, you get offered two, of course, faction spec ops. Uh, the first one, uh, pretty boring, go out there and cause mayhem in a, you know, infiltratory type of way um that's 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 good but the better one is basically you're trying to get your scouts to be full brothers and uh obviously this is the one that i would want to do so you and the way you do it in this which i may add to is you need to do every single tack up of a single archetype so you have to do every single all six of the recon you know, archetype, for instance, during cool. the course of your, um, uh, during, during, during the course of the whole spec op. Now, the way I would want to extend this, because uh, I'm thinking scouts very much like the scout movement, you know, dib, 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 um, earning badges and stuff. So I, I haven't quite worked out what the numbers should be yet, but I kind of think each Marine should get a melee badge, a fighting badge, a shooting badge and uh i don't know what we'd call this but an objective badge and you have to get all three in certain you have to get score each one a number of times during spec op to qualify as full brother what do you reckon to that i think in real life that third one would count as community service wouldn't it <laughs> yeah i did actually look up on the the scout website badges and there are was it community impact? I thought it was one of them, and I thought you yeah, could yeah, euphemistically call that <laughs> community impact. Um, that's really uh, cool. I really like that that addition. Uh, and that'd be because it's in a way as one of my favourite spec ops that I did uh, last year, the year before, was the Blooded, where I it was a will they won't they turn to chaos, and that was I remember that was the funnest bit of that. So in this one, a will they won't they, you know, make it to full brother uh is is quite good fun especially with the the whole 
requisition of you can actually take them into a different team. Anyway, thought that was pretty cool. Uh, We've never seen that before. Interaction between teams. I think that's really cool. But if now, listeners, if if you've seen this in any other <laughs> teams, I haven't. Had, I don't. I haven't followed all all of the teams as closely as uh, as this one. So yeah, if there's anything similar to this out there, let let us know. I'd say. Um, so bear in mind, I've only played one team, one game so far. I thought they played how I imagine a scout team playing, and by this I mean they are they're very space marine-y. So they're reliable mm-hmm. at shooting. They're not. No one's totally rubbish in melee. So even the guy, even with fists, your four four attacks at three three plus and three four. So nobody's rubbish at anything. So you're. Yeah. However, other than the sergeant who gets three APL, everybody else has two APL. Mm-hmm. And if you've been used to running around with marines, suddenly two doesn't cut it as much. Now you admit yeah, you're admitting you're going to have nine operatives rather than six. Both hands tied behind your back. So it does kind of feel like they are marines, but not fully qualified ones. And I kind of you feel that in the game because they just can't do, you know, everything in a turn. Um, they're reasonably durable. Ten points, eleven for the sergeant, four plus armor. Now, I say durable, they felt durable to a guy who normally plays people with seven wounds and five plus. So, <laughs> not like the Orc Stodies who practically invulnerable. Um, but uh, they're definitely medium. They're medium number of players, nine, nine operatives, medium durability. Uh, but maybe that's what you expect. These people are in transition. They're not quite... They're much better than normal people, normal humans, but they're not quite made it to, you know, full marine. They get anyway, in there. I thought they were pretty cool. Uh, I definitely felt they played how they should, played how the they thematically should play. Um, and against my instincts to let every team have a couple of data slates before you pick them up, because they'll have settled down, I'm very tempted to do a spec off with this spec up with them straight away but i just want to do one more thing so just to so one of the one of the things the book offers is when you're when you're putting your team together is you can roll for squad quirks background and base of operations i'm going to do a live on the podcast roll for this okay so this is this is not made up i'm rolling for squad quirk i've got a number two the team is zealous. This scout squad is dedicated believers in their chapters, traditions, and rituals. Uh-oh. Some of those rituals are pretty <laughs> sinister. Okay. Right. So that's quite good. Right. Background. Got a one. Trial by fire. The scouts of this kill team are on the precipice of being elevated to full space marines, and they will soon be deemed ready if victorious. Now, that, oh, I think that's pretty good, because that's sort of what I want to do with them anyways to see if they That's make what you it. would have picked anyway. It's probably what I predicted anyway, but I really rolled that. Um right and here we are, base of operations. Uh oh, tank graveyard. A maze of wrecks is a perfect location in which to lose a pursuing foe as well as ambush them later. Okay, well I've got a few vehicles. I think we can cr- I can create a base. Uh I might do a picture of that then. 
uh, in amongst some vehicles. Cool. All right, that's my that's my that's the background go. for Sapling Squad Blackthorn. Oh, it sounds uh, so cool. Is it as cool as Blades of Cain, though? Take it away. Wow. Let's find out. Let's find out. Blades of Cain. There's maybe two in depth. We'll see. We'll see. Blades of Cain. We've got eight operatives, one of which are a leader, and then we've got seven more, and we've got no specialists. The leader, <laughs> The leaders are what we call exarchs, all Exarchs have sweet loadouts. They've got so many choices to go from. Uh, and additionally, for the privilege of being an Exarch, they can all perform either two shoot or two fight actions in their activation. They're just so good at what they do. Um, thematically, Exarchs are Eldar who have committed themselves to the path of the warrior without the... Um, the promise of returning back home to the normal life. The warrior is what they're going to be. They're not going to go be a potter or a farmer anymore. This is their art that they're going to hone to a to a to an edge. Um. So who do we get in the team? We've got three aspects of the Eldar warriors to choose from. We've got the Dire Avengers, the Howling Banshees, and the Striking Scorpions. Now to note. The Striking Scorpions are the only ones included in the box. Uh, but that means that you'll get 10 Scorpions in the full team, which means you can make all of the Exarch options and steal, still field everyone else, which is pretty, pretty nice. Each of them have their own um, special abilities, like the Dire Avengers. They've got defense tactics, so they don't worsen their ballistic skill on an Overwatch action. The Howling Banshees are equipped with their Banshee mask, so every time they, they fight in melee, whoever they're fighting has to worsen their weapon skill by one because it is so horrifying that they're worse at swinging their sword or chainsword. The Striking Scorpions have their signature Manda Blasters, uh, and whenever a Scorpion performs a fight action, they immediately deal two mortal wounds to the target. That's really great for softening up the enemy and potentially even one-shotting a lot of the weaker enemies. Yeah. So, instead of specialists, they've got something instead called techniques. Uh, and each aspect, so we've got our three aspects, each of those aspects has five techniques. Um, they're really worthy on how to use them, but essentially you can use each of the fi five techniques for each aspect once per turn um and i've picked out a couple of my favorites one one for each of the aspects dire avengers one of their techniques is death of a thousand blades so you get to use this technique after you've made a shooting attack and you get to make another shooting attack immediately at another valid target within two inches of the original Ouch. so you just like bang 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 you're dead and now bang 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 you're dead as well the Howling Banshees have something called the Woe. Um, for those who are Corn Legionary fans like myself, this is kind of like perpetual aggression. So if you charged and killed someone in melee, then you but you didn't use all of your charge movement to get to them, you could make another free charge afterwards up to that remaining movement. 
So, so if you think of it as part of one fluid activation, you're just running to that final target, but on your way, you killed someone else in the process. Yeah, they sound pretty tasty. I really like that, that kind of like visual art, but that was really tasty. The scorpions have a really fluffy one called the scorpion's eye. Uh, so when a scorpion performs a shoot action, its shuriken pistols gain the indirect rule. Uh, this is huge. Like, I can see your knee. I'm going to shoot your knee. Um, I really like it because uh, in, the, in the fluff for the scorpions, their pistols have what looks like a massive scope on the top of them. But in reality, that's feeding directly into their helmet cameras so they can see out of their guns. So they could be looking elsewhere and literally shooting around a corner. Um, there are tons more, literally 12 more to go through, and it would just it would take us another hour. Uh, so I'll let, I'll let you delve through them. Um, there are tons of people online who have gone through and spoken about everything. Uh, so I'm just going to pick out a couple of my, my favorite things from each of the other things they're going to bring to the game. We've got strategic ploys. Uh, this one's really lovely. Eminent Grace. All of your Blades of Cain operatives gave them plus one movement. But not only that, they also can move through each other. Hmm. So if you've Very got handy someone blocking a door... Oh, yeah. I was just thinking, if you've got someone blocking a door, you could charge through that person to get to someone else who's hiding on the other side. Ah. Oh. I really, I really like that they're the Eldar are these lithe and nimble creatures, and they're just like I'm not occupying this space here. I'm like a sliver of it over to one side. Go on through. Is is uh, the idea thematically that they've sort of pirouetted through the air or something, or uh, done some gymnastics? Certainly, gymnast for the howling <laughs> They're 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 kind of your deadly ballet dancers. The the striking scorpions might scuttle across the the ground while a banshee does a backflip over its head or something ridiculous uh, but not ridiculous because that is probably something well. they would do uh, tactical ploy fading light uh, until the end of the activation this operative can perform the fallback action for minus one AP to a minimum of zero which means we get free fallbacks if say a felgor has charged you and wants to lock you in combat you can go, mm, no thank you. I'm just going to pirouette backwards and then shoot you in the face. Okay, now you said your rare equipment wasn't so juicy, but there's no. there's one there's one from the Blades of Cain that is really lovely. Um, as ever, the rare equipment is where they hide all the stuff that was too good for the competitive players. Um, and my favourite one here is the Shimmer Plate of Ethnia which is no attacks, shooting, or melee can retain anything other than a roll of a six as a critical hit. No five up, no rending. Three up. You can't retain a normal as a critical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, no lethal plus, no rending, no retaining criticals from normal hits. It has to be a six to be a critical to target this operative. Well... I really, really like that. That's pretty cool. Uh, battle honors. We've got. Um, I've just picked out my favorite one here. Supreme Grace. They ignore all modifiers to their move characteristic. 
So if they've been slowed by a nanomine by the Hyrotech, they're just ploughing straight through that. They got out of the way in time. Um, but not only that, as always, it's a, it's a double barreler. They also get to ignore the first uh, two inches for climbing, dropping, or traversing. So if you're on beta decima and you've got stuff to climb, they are literally, like, even without fly, getting places. Can you tell I'm a bit chuffed with them? <laughs> They're a, they do seem pretty, well, very cool, but but a lot to remember. Oh yeah, so much. The, well, there's a. I'll get I'll get onto that in a little bit. Strategic assets. They've got some good ones to go through. They are a bit wordy, so I've picked one that's a bit simpler, and uh, I really like it. We've got the meditation chamber for one RP. During the update data slate step, you can select one operative that didn't participate in the game, and you can choose for them to either gain one experience or respec all of their battle honors and redetermine them. However, you cannot change the specialism you chose at the start. So if if someone's if someone's how they've they've rolled out their battle honors isn't quite working for you, you can have them sit out a game and then min-max to your heart's delight if you want to. Uh, yep, people are going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, to finish us off, we've got requisitions. Uh, and this one's super fluffy again. So I spoke earlier about the Exarchs that have committed to one path, be it the Dire Avenger, Howling Banshee, Scorpion. Um, so the path diverging super wordy but essentially um you have ranked someone up and you're like i really like them as a banshee however next game i need a striking scorpion i need just like if you've only got so many models or you want to change up the balance in the team of what ratio of models you've got you can take that howling banshee and turn them into a striking scorpion. And they keep everything else. Um, you keep your XP rounded down to the threshold of the rank that they're at. So say if they were at 20 yep. XP and you switch them over, they go down to 16. Um, but now you'd have a striking scorpion that's already pretty ranked up. Um, I really like that. Because the... the, 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 the the ability for them to chop and change between which aspect, which path of the warrior they're choosing. Um, I really like. Oh, that sounds very good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So to surmise, all in all, this team is crazy fluffy, uh, and playing them feels like you yourself are an elegant Eldar, millennia old, whose skills are honed to a monomolecular edge, ready to bend and flex in strategy any given moment that sounds very good you've you've almost convinced me almost uh, now i'm actually a bit thrilled because um up to now you're you're traditionally a kind of space marine guy and i've traditionally been space marines are boring and here we are you're really into the <laughs> aspect warriors <laughs> and I'm sort of going, actually, the uh, Space Marines are actually pretty good these days. Uh, I'm quite getting into them. Um, 
so I don't know what's happened to this podcast. What what do we even know anymore? Uh, How the turntables. <laughs> so, something like that. Something like that. Right. Uh, beta decimal terrain. When I say jump, you say, please dot a one. Please dot a one. Oh, Emperor. It was a one. Uh, that's what you'll be hearing a lot of for beta decimal players. Um, so the idea here is we've got kind of industrial rigs set over what I've dubbed the swimming pool of death, um, but is supposed to be sort of toxic seas that have, throw up waves and a sea mist. So at ground level, um, looking across it is obscured by this sea mist. So I think when we first saw pictures of the this terrain, it looked crazy open. Yeah. And to an extent, it still is. And I can only give you the verdict of one game so far, but shooting at ground level, and bearing in mind I had, not, I had a couple of operatives who can like get rid of obscuring, so I was thinking, <laughs> I've got this turn one, I'll alpha strike somebody, and <laughs> uh, my sniper will take someone out. No, not at all. There was enough gantries in, 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 the, in the first mission. There was enough things in the way that at ground level, even with you know getting rid of obscuring, I couldn't shoot anybody really anyway. Up on the gantries, it is exposed, but you can put barricades up there, which is something. So, okay. yeah, and then there is the dreaded jump test. Now, you fail a jump test on a 1, on a D6, and I, as, as I mentioned earlier, I did about 5 or 6 jumps at least. I, failed, I slightly lost count, didn't fail a single one. Now, 1 in 6 isn't that bad, but when you fail it, you might find yourself well out of permission, out of position, and and kind of, kind of exposed. So, because you have to stop your movement there, don't you? You stop, yeah. You stop your movement, and then you're a bit, a bit, you know, scuppered. Um, now, I did. You know, I've long thought if you fail a jump test, you should bloody fall through the hole. I think, <laughs> or I've had, I've come up with another idea. You can choose to either stay where you are. As in, you um, don't, you know, you, you end your movement uh, and don't go any further. Or you can continue, but you've dropped uh, one of your weapons or a bit of equipment through the hole as you were jumping. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, well, I really like the know. equipment. I think the equipment could be cool. Yeah. Uh, or... Because you've like, you know, you think in the Hollywood way where they jump over and they just make it onto the other side and then they have to hold it. So maybe, you know, you do make it, but you're like minus one APL on the next turn or something. I don't know. I think there's... That's cool because you've got to hoik yourself up. But there's a bit of me that thinks maybe you've got to roll again. So you fail on a one and then you stop, but then you roll again. And if you get another one, you've fallen through. And if it's in the sea, well, that... He's a goner. That's you. Yeah. Uh, but if you fall onto land, you know, bottle wounds one <laughs> or something. I don't know. These are, these are I more think, rules. I think that's but... reasonable. Two sixes, that's statistically enough that it shouldn't happen. But of course we know it always will. Yes. So, so yeah, so it's, it's definitely more interesting than I was expecting it. I'll say that. Much more interesting because it did look 
you know that when you look, just look at it it doesn't look very interesting to play on but the multi-level thing is interesting so one of the the warp coven ploys is to get rid of two inches of my dash and that absolutely scuppered me for a few turns that that came in because you, you know getting up on a gantry without dash and then do something is pretty tough uh of course because you've only you've only got the the two apl to start off with yeah yeah so uh so it'd be interesting to play it on a team that doesn't do that kind of thing so you've got a bit <laughs> of climbing rope for the scouts which are any, any team with climbing rope or obviously fly does get a bit of a bit of a thing anyway one of the questions i've got and this is one for people to mail in so season one it was kill teamiest teams uh, season two, space hulkiest teams. What the hell do we call this season? Uh, wettest teams, saltiest teams, riggiest teams. <laughs> These are all obviously terrible. Uh, if you have a better, <laughs> a better suggestion, <laughs> write into the it. show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, that's, final, that's the terrain. Kind of interesting. Final thoughts on the box, then, Jason. Uh, I thought it was decent value, so I got it. I, I got it at you know discount for sixty four English pounds. I thought it was pretty decent for two ten person teams and loads of stuff. Yeah, lots of stuff. I thought it was good value. I think we've got two very thematic teams. Uh, we've got the junior marines. So if you liked <laughs> if you like the flavour of marine, but just want more of them that do slightly less and a sneaky this could be could be the team for you the the bearing in mind there's no specialists on the blades of cane team they actually seem like you can do tons you can there's do tons so many that, words there's so many words you sent me the rules and i feel like there would be less words if they did have specialists um but instead we've got 15 yeah. techniques to learn they do all do cool stuff though. Oh yeah, look pretty deadly. Are they killier or sneakier? Would you say? There's a question. I think. I think they're killier. I think they kill really well. I don't think they last very long. Um, but they are super positional, so I think you could play them as a really good control team. Yeah. Um, so just like you can just be everywhere because it's so easy to get places. Okay. So I think uh, they're a movie team. A movie team. I like it. So the la the last thing we just want to touch on as part of salvation is the new campaign rules. So this is officially beta decimal infiltration. Um, and did you like the expeditions campaign in season two? Uh, if you did, then this is that, but on beta decima. I mean, that's the, the headline. Um, there are a few differences, though. So you have a map. That's, that's, that's one of the same things. You get a nice map at the back of the book, and you and your friends can play um, on this map. There are phases where you move around, you nick each other's intel, you find intel, you nick each other's intel, you have a battle, and then you can roll for hazards. And you get hazards oh, joy. such as such as um, about a predator turning up in your kill zone, or how about this for 
for fun funsies industrial accident that's what i play kill team for um oh, yeah. uh yeah but otherwise it's it works in a very similar way to expedition so if you and your friends want a campaign that you interact with but come out with a winner there's going to be a winner of this campaign if that's your jam if you like narrative but want actual results wins the wins that mean wins um <laughs> uh that's a campaign slogan somewhere the uh this could be for you now i don't know if we'll do it uh it might be fun but it's one of those things a, that part we could of the do fun, an event with it well i was going to say i think it works best either if you're a sort of club team that all turn up on the same night and you can do the move and um uh, you know the move phase together, um, yep. or if you do an event, so that that it works well with that. Uh, otherwise, you have to be a bit more organised. But it looks fun, and the map looks very cool. Um, but yeah, no narrative missions. I'm still a bit miffed that there's no narrative missions. Yeah, well, sadly, I think they may have saved themselves the work. Um, there's there's nine... no one plays it. No, well, there's nine narrative. Sorry, there's nine crit- critical operations missions, but you know that blurb at the top of the mi- top of the mission that probably no one reads apart from me. Yeah. And in things like so, we've played Moroc recently, and the blurby bit of that really gave you a feeling uh, of what you're playing. And then each mission felt like, you know, you're playing a different a chapter in the story. Yeah, yeah, there's a chapter in the story. Uh fighting over these rigs on these critical operations and admittedly these aren't supposed to be that narrative but blimey they just feel the same a little bit i mean i'm maybe a bit different if i play them i've only played one so i aim to play play more but um yeah i am a little bit annoyed that there's not a narrative mission section but there you go yeah that is a shame it means we'll just have some of our own we will but otherwise, I think it's a fun set. The terrain definitely looks interesting, if not, it's definitely not my favourite, I don't think. But uh, very interesting to play on. Two fun teams. I'd love to know uh, our audience's thoughts. Let us let us know. Now, particularly Do. if you plan to play them as a spec op team or a campaign using this terrain, I think that's that would be fascinating. I guess next time on Once Upon a Kill Team, we're going to be bringing back the funnest Kill Team Awards, everyone's favourite time of the year. Which teams are the funnest to play or play against? This time, it's bespoke teams only. So, I guess Sorry, my Oxtodies are out of the running. <laughs> um, so, look out for the survey in all the usual places. Yeah. Yeah, let's see if orcs are top dogs uh, still. Not if you ask Ben from Battle Brothers. He hates the commandos. He does, with a passion. However, if what you heard on this podcast sounds even remotely interesting, subscribe and tell your friends. For every subscription to the podcast, your void boy fires his rocket pack, arcing through the sky, leaving a stinking black contrail while crumping slugger shots off. And a filthy elves. If you like what we do, 
it would be amazing if you could help the show out with a couple of Imperial credits via coffee. That's also a place where you can download our ready-to-play three-game campaign, a super handy narrative cheat sheet, and some funky objective markers. There's a link in the show notes. Thank you for joining us on Once Upon a Kill Team. Just remember, it's not whether you won or lost. It's whether your scout team, scout team trip alarm goes off, leaving that sneaky commando git exposed and ready to take the crack missile now streaking towards him. See you next time.